The information provided on this podcast is for general information purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your qualified health provider with any questions you may have. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. Reliance on any information provided here is solely at your own risk. Doula Share is a free event happening in the Austin area on Saturday, October 21st from 1130 to 230 at the Pflugerville Public Library. Come out and meet local doulas, check out their booths, and learn more about a variety of topics surrounding pregnancy. The first 50 people through the door will get a free swag bag. Be sure to register at the link in the show notes so we know you're coming. See you there. Welcome. This is Birth, baby. Your hosts are Sierra Morgan and Samantha Kelly. Sierra is a birth doula, hypnobirthing educator, and pediatric sleep consultant. Samantha is a birth doula, childbirth educator, and lactation counselor. Join us as we guide you through your options for your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum journey. Today, we are back with Ashley and Chase to talk about part two of their birth story and all about how postpartum went for them. So thank y'all for being back on again today. Let's go ahead and dive in. So after your sweet boy was born, what uh, what was postpartum like for you? Um, when we got home from the hospital, um, things were going really great. Um, my parents, uh, as we talked about in, a, in the first part, uh, they had come uh, into town um, to help us out, um, and so uh, it was it was awesome. We were really excited to have Rain home and show him his uh, home, and you know, introduce him to our animals, his pets, and um, we kind of you know just got into the swing of things. And um, I was. I was feeling really good. I was, I, I feel like I was on a high, you know, I felt, uh, you know, I have, you know, rain I've been waiting for, for all those months to arrive and, you know, his, you know, all the things that we had prepped for. And, and, uh, so my parents had actually, um, planned on, on for staying for about three weeks. Um, but then, um, and they had planned that not knowing how things were going to go and how much help we would need, but, um, I'm, I'm very organized and I'm an A type personality and, and so is Chase. And so we pretty much had it down after like a week and we felt good. And so my parents were like, you know what, we're going to get out of your hair and, you know, let you guys, you know, just, you know, have some alone time. And so they ended up rebooking their flight to go home uh earlier um and after they left uh I would say it had only it was only maybe like a week later and um I felt like my my mood and my anxiety and it just like bottomed out and I just I started really stressing out about everything and I was not coping very well and um it was and uh Sam you can attest like when you came for the postpartum um visit 
you even said, you're like, oh, you're doing so well. You look good. Like I had had yeah. a shower. Actually, I even like baked cookies in the first week. <laughs> like I was yeah. on top of it. And then, like I said, it just, I felt like it was like out of nowhere. And I really did feel like, like, I didn't remember saying to Chase, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I, I didn't get postpartum like depression or anxiety because that was a big worry of ours because I, um, I'm, sh- I'm not sure if we went into detail and, um, when we talked, uh, in part one, but, um, I was diagnosed with anxiety at a young age, generalized anxiety. And so I knew that I was at a higher, um, uh, percentage of actually, you know, having postpartum depression or anxiety. And so that's why I had prepped so much for the birth and trying to research and find out everything I could do to try to prevent or minimize uh, postpartum depression or anxiety. Um, and so when it happened, I was just, it, it just kind of took the breath from me. Cause I was just, I, I, I then got angry because I was like, you know, everything I did and I still am suffering. So and you thought I, you were I in the clear kind of, I did. I, I did. I was like, I thought I didn't realize until, you know, we ended up calling, uh, I think it was, uh, Sierra when I was re- like chase called. Cause he's like, I don't know what to do. And, you know, we thought, and Sarah was like, Oh no, postpartum can show up, you know, within the yeah. first year. So it was actually, I, I just went actually back to my text messages and rain was born in July and it was August 12th that Chase reached out to me and was like, hey, we did reach out to um, a therapist, but I would really love it if you could please like call and talk to Ashley because they can't talk to her yet. Um, and I loved that he trusted me enough to reach out and that you guys like had somebody that you could talk to. But of course, it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm not qualified, but I can be there for you, you know, but I was just so worried because I knew how disheartened you were, you were from you just so badly just did not want this to be your story. Exactly. And I think that just compounded it. And it was, I think it, it, and because of my history, um, it just, uh, the, it, it wasn't so like, I, like we were saying, um, Sarah, you had suggested a postpartum um, a therapist I could reach out to, which I did. And I found out through that, that taking um, a quiz, like, well, not a quiz, but like she had questions and I had to answer them and rate on a scale of one to five, I would believe for each question. And that actually uh, depicts whether or not you have postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, because they are different. And so it was um, determined that I had the anxiety, which uh, again, did not surprise me just because of my history. Um, but what it was is just everything. I was so afraid because of my perfectionism, I was so afraid to do something wrong. And I, you know, one of the things that, you know, as a first time mom, you don't have any experience. And so I, just in life in general, how I prepare for anything is I research and I do my homework and I was reading all the books. And so what was happening was I 
when rain wasn't fitting into the box that I had created in my mind of, well, this is how he's supposed to act. And this is how he's supposed to be. I didn't know what to do. And I I was, I was falling apart and I was just not able to relax and just listen to my baby and, you know, trust my instincts. And so it was hard and chase, you know, he was trying to be understanding, but you know, at a certain point, you know, he's getting frustrated because he's trying to help, but I'm not allowing him to help because I want it to control everything. And one of the things that I always tell people in classes, and you guys did these classes with me, what is moms, you've never been wife or partner to a new dad. Dads, you've never been husband or partner to a new mom. And y'all have never been a mom or a dad before. So there's a whole lot of new moving parts here. So that's exactly what you guys are experiencing. And Chase, I'm sure that that was really hard. What was that like from your perspective? It was difficult. Um, As Ashley said, we did really well for about four weeks. And then um, I just noticed that like, you know, by Rain's change table, you know, we had this thing that would track his, bathrooms and how much milk and how much sleep and all this tracking that we were doing. And, um, because, you know, it's important to do, you need to make sure that your kid is, is doing what he needs to do and getting what he needs. But I could see because rain was small or is small still, but like they were concerned about that. And they were like, you need to do triple feeding. You need to make sure that he's getting his calories, that he's getting this and he's small, he's small, he's small. And all this stuff is being thrown at us, making us feel like something's wrong with our child. And um, I think that definitely did not help the situation. And I could just see Ashley's mind just spinning always. She was counting in her, in her mind. Well, he had four ounces here. He had four ounces here. That's eight. And then he had only about two. And I'm guessing here because he was on the breast because we're doing triple feeding and some bottles, some, and she was just spinning in circles and she wasn't sleeping um, because we have a new baby, but also because of this anxiety that was coming on her. And like, I was trying to tell her like, he's okay. He's not emaciated. He looks fine. He's acting normal. He's not crying. Like rain. I literally asked the, the nurse in the hospital, and I don't mean this to be insensitive, but I was like, is there any concern that our child is a mute because he doesn't cry? And, um, and she was like, no, I think he's just, he's just chilling. And I remember you were like, Sierra, he's like real chill. Like, yeah, yeah, he's really calm. I remember that was a top of, of conversation in the first two hours of his life. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, he just, he's calm. And I think that if something were wrong five weeks out, he would be screaming and crying and trying to communicate to us that like something's wrong here. I'm not getting what I need, but anyways, like Ashley was getting very anxious about that and, you know, anxious about the temperature in the house, you know, it needed to be 68 degrees Fahrenheit or else 
we might have a case of SIDS. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know if it needs to be 68. Like I'm, it's the middle of summer and I have a winter jacket on. Um, he's probably a little cold. <laughs> um, and we can't put a blanket on him in his, in his crib. Um, but, you know, I'm making light of it now, but it was all this anxiety coming on her. And um, it was something that we were concerned would happen. And then once we addressed it, I think then she had the sense of, I failed. I did all this work to lead up to birth. And you, I think, you know, she shed all this weight. She got in really good shape and she prepared her body as best as she could to carry a baby. We did the hypnobirthing class. She performed a beautiful birth. And then, and everything was going just the way we wanted it, just by the book. And then she starts to have anxiety and she feels like I have failed. I'm a failure. I have failed. And then, so that is being put on her. I get, you know, I really try to be supportive of her and I got impatient and I got upset because she's upset. And I was just like, we have this child. I don't understand why you're upset. Like everything's good. Like, and I got frustrated and um, that definitely didn't help anything. It was um, a bit of a tornado. I remember that because, because it was before the therapy appointment. So I was kind of <laughs> the interim therapist and I'm on the phone with both of you and I'm trying to acknowledge like both of you are right. Like both of you, you know, it's okay, Ashley, that you're feeling this way. And I could even commiserate with you a little bit because I was the same way with bounces and everything. And I was, I was, uh, had anxiety around sleep. So I would be sitting there counting how much sleep did he get? When is he going to wake up next? And it was around my sleep. But I remember one of the things that really sticks out to me was you were so tired, Ashley. And Chase was like, I keep telling her to go sleep. Like, I will take care of the baby. She can feed him and then she can hand him to me and then I will let her sleep. And you were like, but I have things I need to get done from my checklist. And he's like, you don't need to do them. And you're like, but I do. And so I understood from your perspective, I need to check my boxes. I need to do that before I can let my mind settle. And he's like, yeah, but you can't even function if you don't sleep. So it was this catch 22 and this running and chasing our tails to try to fix the problem where it really couldn't logically be fixed. It, it needed therapy and potentially medication to kind of help balance things out because there was really no reasoning with it. Um, and none of this made either of you bad parents. And I think that that was actually something that you were really struggling with, like feeling like, well, I must be a bad mom. Is that right? Is that kind of where your brain was going? Yeah, I did. I, I felt like I like was failing and I didn't, it was, it, it was just, I felt like I was going in circles and I just felt that um, I was just, you know, treading water, trying to stay above, um, you know, and Chase is right. Like, and then I felt even worse. Cause I'm like, it's not that I'm not happy. I was the, ha in one way, I'm the happiest I've ever been. Cause I have this beautiful child and I'm so excited to be a mom, but then I'm feeling all this anxiety and uh, it's like torturing me and I can't relax. And I'm just wound up like a, you know, energizer bunny and, and I'm not sleeping. 
because I feel like I have to get all this stuff done and, and just everything you just said. And it was just, I, I think once I reached out and asked for help, and that was the thing is that I, throughout my life, I am not somebody that won't ask for help. So I, it wasn't that I didn't want to ask for help. I just, it took me, I think a minute to realize how deep I was in the postpartum anxiety to stop and, and say, okay, like I need some help. And so I, you know, reached out and, you know, you gave me that therapist name and I, you know, started seeing her and, through that, that was very helpful because it gave me an outlet to express myself without any personal feelings being involved. Cause it was very difficult to do with Chase because, you know, as much as like you felt attacked, like, even though you're yes. like, I know he's my partner and I know he's my teammate, but I kind of feel like I'm being attacked here. And he was like, I'm not trying to attack you, but something's really not right. And we've got to get to the bottom of it. And I don't <laughs> know how to say that with grace and love as much right now. Right. Exactly. And um, I think what it was, and so I I used to be on before, before I got pregnant at the beginning of 2020, when we decided we wanted to start uh, trying for a baby, I had been on um, in antidepressant, which they also use to um, treat anxiety, uh, generalized anxiety. And so I had been on a small dosage for many years, it would have been like 14 years. And I had decided, you know, I had done enough um, uh, self uh, treatment in the sense of, you know, I had coping skills that I had learned over the years. And, you know, um, I've seen therapists. And so I kind of felt like I was equipped to um, come off medication because the medication I was on, like there's certain ones that doctors recommend that you can be on. Um, but the one I was on, they didn't, you know, if you had to be on it, you know, uh, again, there's, we could go into a whole nother podcast about research into how uh, these medications affect pregnancy and not, and what are the pros and like, you know, uh, because obviously you can't be suffering, but you also don't want to hurt your baby. And, but anyways, I had just decided I was just going to come off of it and I was going to, you know, do this on my own because I wanted it to, I didn't want to get pregnant being on that medication. And I did, and I was so proud of myself. And so basically what I had to do is replace that because it's a chemical imbalance, replace that chemical naturally that I was missing from the medication, which takes a lot of work. Like I had to be exercising. I had to be doing a uh, certain meditating and, you know, keeping on a very strict routine, getting the right amount of sleep, all of those things work together to help create the chemical I needed. And so it was great. But then I have a baby and I can't do any of that stuff anymore. In the sense, like I'm not on the regular, like I'm not getting up to do yoga. I'm not going for a run. I'm not doing my meditation like 24 seven, I'm taking care of my baby. And or so, should you have been at four weeks postpartum? You know, your true. body wouldn't have even <laughs> been ready for that anyway. Exactly. And so I don't know why I, I just didn't think like I should have realized um, that that was going to happen. But I guess with me not doing all of those things, that chemical was not being replaced in my brain. And so, of course, I start 
and I'm not getting the right amount of sleep and I'm not eating on irregular intervals. And so I guess after therapy, you know, as I started therapy, I was like, all right, because I can't do any of those things. And as much as, and I tried for a little while just to do it on my own, but it wasn't getting any better. And so I just made the decision to go to my uh, doctor and, and she had told me at my six week appointment, you know, if, cause I had at that point I had already started suffering and she had said like, Ashley, like I can prescribe a medication that's safe for you to take while you're breastfeeding. And, but I was, again, I was still stuck in that mindset that if I took it, that somehow I had failed which it's like you're it's like you're juggling right like we have all of these balls that you're juggling up in the air and then you have a baby and we're throwing in oh but you have to heal and you have to take care of this tiny human and you have to learn how to breastfeed and oh your tiny human has some feeding issues so we're also worrying about that and oh you can't exercise you can't do these things and you have to learn how to juggle all of these things and it's just not reasonable you know, at every step of the way to be able to to do all of that. And so, you know, taking those those steps to give yourself the grace and, you know, do what you need to do to uh, to be a healthy and happy mom and wife and friend and just human being is is so important. I, yeah, what what ended up happening is I realized that I needed to swallow my pride and to stop thinking of it as a, as a failure. And it wasn't fair to myself, nor rain or chase to be living in this atmosphere where I was so anxious and stressed and not able to relax and enjoy our new family. And I just said, you know what, this is not right. And I, I need to just take the medication. It doesn't have to be forever. Obviously I proved that to myself before. And also it, it still irks me that there's such the stigma around mental health. And, you know, I'm always an advocate for people, you know, and mental health and saying that, you know, we don't need to be ashamed of it, but then when it's yourself, somehow I like throw out all that advice (laughs) I give to other people. I think it, I think it all kind of, I remember my mom was in town and it all kind of came to a head when my mom was here. And um, Ashley, Ashley and me were being combative. Me and my mom were being combative. Ashley and my mom were being combative. And it was just like, it all kind of came to, and meanwhile, there's a baby that's just like chilling. And um it all came to a head and like my mom and Ashley, it is frightening how similar they are. And, um, and then to see them being combative to one another, I was like, this is wild. Like they have the same interests there. I know that they say like, you tend to find a spouse similar to what you're used to with like parents in most, in some cases. Um, it's frightening how similar they are. And um, then my mom like sat Ashley down and talked to her and my mom studied, what was it? She studied in school, like psychology or psychology, psychology in school. So she has minimal training, you know, and um, she like sat Ashley down and talked to her 
And I think it was good advice that she was offering, but also my mom's hysterical. And she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go back home. And, um, but anyways, we all three sat down and like put everything out on the table. And, um, I think that was a really a good talk to have. And it seemed like for everything to come to a head that all, it, it all kind of calmed down. And after that conversation and, um, it wasn't too long after that, that Ashley, like she made her own decision to take care of the issues that she was having. And, um, you know, I know that there was like a really rocky air, rocky point in there where she was struggling with, um, postpartum, but I think the way that she handled it was awesome. And like, she assessed the situation and then she addressed it and, um, she took care of it and honestly never looked back. You know, she was disappointed that she had to get back on some medication, but we, we had the conversation that like, this doesn't have to be a permanent thing. You can always change. You can always like wean yourself off, but right now it's needed. And, um, and so that's what she's done. And like, she handled it just like she handled every other stage of pregnancy and like handled it really well. Um, you know, she showed yet again that she's a human being and, um, and that, I don't know, it kind of got rocky there for a minute, but it's all good. And, um, and rain still like, <laughs> I don't think he noticed, you know, we, he was mostly in, in his, in his crib sleeping while that was happening. And like, you know, he just, he never, he never felt that stress. And that was part of our conversation that we had had. Like, we don't want to put, you know, we did all this work leading up to him being here and to bring him into a peaceful earth and um, in, a, in the most peaceful way possible. Why would we want to like destroy that right now or even disrupt that right now? And so we made an effort for him not to see any of that, but, um, or hear any of it, but he didn't. And like, he's still just like hanging out. <laughs> How do you feel that everything is gone now that he's, you know, over a year old? How do you feel that everything has been going now that you're this far out from it, Ashley? I, I feel great. Um, after I went on the medication and you know, I, I continued therapy for a couple of months. And then, you know, um, me and the therapist decided at a certain point that I was at a good spot and that, you know, I always had her number if I needed to call her and set up another session. Um, but yeah, I feel like this last, you know, year, you know, other than what we just spoke about, the you know, it was only for a couple of months where I was really suffering. Um, it's been really great. And I feel like, um, I was able just to level out so that I can actually, you know, look at things, uh, more clearly and not from an anxiety ridden state. Um, because when you're in that state, there's no reasoning, like your reasoning really goes out the window and logic is just, it, it doesn't feel real. And, you know, I, 
I'm, I'm glad I did what I did and I have no regrets because I, I feel so much better now. And, you know, we plan on having more children. And now that I feel a little bit more, maybe I was being a little bit naive. And so now I am more prepared for future, um, postpartum. Um, and I know what I will do to deal with it. So that way I don't suffer because, you know, it's just like any illness, uh, physical, like if you don't feel well, you don't, you do what you have to do to feel better. You go to the doctors and you, you know, find out what you have to do to feel better and mental illness is no different. And, um, you know, rain is everyone tells us all the time how happy he is and he's such a happy baby. And, you know, that's all I want. I just, I, I want him to have a childhood where, you know, he has little to worry about. And um, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so glad that we are where we are today. Absolutely. Postpartum mood disorders, you know, can be part of your story without defining your entire story. You know, it was just a a bump along the road and you have a beautiful little boy now and you had a beautiful pregnancy and beautiful birth. Um, So do you have any advice that you would share with other parents who are going through something similar? I do. I I think, and I have been sharing, we've had some friends that have had um, babies since rain and, uh, I always tell the the father figure, like, be aware of postpartum. It is very real. And I think it's real for both. I don't think it's just the female that goes through stuff. You know, granted, I didn't birth a child, but I was still had anxiety. And, um, you know, and I, I also have anxiety and um, I'm very particular and, um to a fault at at times, but, um, you know, I, having rain has taught me a lot of patience and has taught me like, um, I need to be more patient with Ashley and be more patient with rain and like, not like things aren't as big as they seem, you know, it's like the only thing that matters is their health and safety. And like, so that's what I keep telling my friends is like, be aware of postpartum, but also, guys that is directed at you too like you need to take care of yourself and have some of your time and like like your needs are also important um but i think that and someone told me this before rain came like just know that like ashley's there for rain and while you are too but you're you're the support for her because you're not able to breastfeed there is certain things that you cannot do. And um, to combat that, because we were triple feeding with rain, I would make sure to give him a bottle so that I could have that time with him and also give Ashley a break. Um, but I think I would just say, like, be aware of postpartum. It's real and it it can be kind of nasty. Um, but you can also get around it and address it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think love my that. Ad- Go ahead, Ashley, please. I was going to say, I think I agree with 
what Chase is saying. And I think my advice as well is for women um, that, you know, it's okay. Like postpartum is not your fault. It's nobody's fault. It's just something that can happen. And if it does happen, then you just do what you have to do to feel better. And, you know, if that means doing some therapy or having to go on some medication, it's not a failure. Um, you are still a good mom. You're still a good uh, partner. Um, you you just need to take care of yourself as well. Cause you can't take care of your baby the best that you can, if you aren't taking care of yourself. And also I think that with all the information we have out there now, which I, I am glad that we have access to a lot of information, but sometimes you could go overboard with it and you start to, because there's so there's so much out there and and a lot of it yes it's based in research but a lot of it's opinions and i think that you have to try to sort through that and you need to sometimes just put the book away and look at your baby and look at the situation and trust your instincts like you know um I believe that God gives us instincts for a reason and he um, trusts us to trust those. And, you know, you'll know when something's really wrong and you doing that, I feel helped me. I finally just said, I got to put the books away. And, you know, if there's something I really need to know, then I will go look, but just try to, you know, I'm, I'm a smart, I'm a smart person. Yeah, we start to kind of trust the the statistics more than our gut. Um, one thing I somebody said to me once that I just thought was really eye-opening is, you know, what if somebody had diabetes? Would you sit there and say, oh, you don't need to exercise. You don't need to eat a certain way. You don't need insulin. Like, it's fine. Just deal with it, you know, just deal with it. Well, that's what people do about mental health, but there's no, you know, little finger prick that you can do to say what the serotonin levels are in your brain or anything like that. So it's not as easy to see that something's going on. And it is just as serious as diabetes. It, you know, the the diet change of diabetes is like the therapy and the insulin is like the medication. And sometimes you need both and sometimes you need one and they work really well in combo. So um, just not treating it like it's some arbitrary la la thing out there and it is real and it's an equal opportunity jerk and you could have zero risk factors and still end up with postpartum depression or anxiety or rage or psychosis or any of those things. So I'm just so thankful to you guys for being vulnerable enough and brave enough to share your story because I think this could be one of the most important episodes that we've done. And having people that have gone through it that are willing to share it is invaluable. And I just, I really thank you for being here to do that. Thank you guys. Very well, we much thank for you for us. having us. Thank y'all so much. Thank you for joining us on birth baby. Thanks again to longing for Orpheus for our music. You can look him up on Spotify. Remember to leave a review, share, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.